Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Are you interested in checking out CBD? Well, I've got the brand for you. Today's episode is sponsored by Beam, which is a full-spectrum, THC-free, third-party tested CBD that I personally take daily. You can purchase their salve, which is basically a lotion, their tincture, or their bars online at beamtlc.com. That's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com. Plus, use code FRECKLEDFOODIE15 for 15% off the entire site. Good morning, everyone. We are at Samsung 837 in the heart of the Meatpacking District, and I am joined with an out-of-towner, Jennifer Henway, who is a Boston-based holistic nutritionist. Welcome. Hi. And you'll hear soon, but she is from London. Um, which I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm going to accidentally do an accent because I oftentimes do that and I know how rude it is. Please do it. But I can't, like, I can't help it. So whenever I'm, and I'm actually going to London next week. Amazing. But whenever I'm somewhere else, it just triggers this like fake accent for me. And so by the time we're through, you're going to be sounding like yes. me. That would be hilarious. But my husband does the opposite and like very frustrating thing where he just adapts a different country's accent when we're in. So it's like not the local country. Like we were in Iceland and all of a sudden he started talking with an Australian accent. And I was like, why are you doing this? What are you doing? And he's like, I, I don't know. It's just funny. And I'm like, no, it's not funny because people are actually going to think we're from Australia because it's like all tourists in Iceland. And I'm like, then we're going to get in these weird conversations. You're going to then have to say you're not from Australia. I'm like, you have to stop. Is it like a conscious decision or just something that... It starts as a joke and then he just like can't let it go. <laughs> and it's happened now multiple trips where he like adapts this alternate personality when we're away. <laughs> I, it's so odd. So I'll keep you posted on what happens because on Friday we leave for I'd love to trip. know who he becomes in London. Yeah, you never Where know. Where is it going to come from? I have no freaking <laughs> idea. I'm nervous. Um, but anyway, enough about Joe. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. I'm so excited that we connected yeah. because I think that you have a ton of knowledge that I'm interested in, but mm-hmm. also we relate in a lot of ways we think about the nutrition and health world. Yeah. So We'll dive into all of that. But to kick things off, how would you define success? This is a great one. It actually changed for me last night. Okay. I wasn't expecting that question. So we were hosting an event at Fulane Mm -hmm. and I was watching the filming of the event back, which is not something I usually do. I usually hate to see myself and hear Mm -hmm. myself. And I just realized how animated and lit up that I look. Yes. And I was like wow, I've never really watched myself back before. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, that is what I want in my life. 
that feeling of being engaged and connected and lit up and connecting with other people. I hadn't realized how much to me, I was like, that's what I want for my life all of the time. Mm -hmm. So for me, the definition of success is spending as much time as you can in the place where you're engaged and lit up. I really love that answer because mine has recently been like, you know, doing something that you're proud to say you do. So being proud of whatever your work is and something that I notice similarly when I'm watching footage of like a recording or something at an event or my mom has come to a few of my speaking things or same with my husband, but having them be like watching you do this, Mm. the level of joy. And I mean, I think that you get what you put out in the universe. So if you're putting out great energy, like good things happen to those. And there's just a level of excitement and it's almost like the flick of a switch of the mm. different version of your personality arises right. because you're really fully showing up. Like it's all of you. And I think in that it is almost an outer body experience. Yes. So you don't realize it until you see it through a recording mm-hmm. or it's reflected to you in someone else. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's about that kind of, I don't want to say being on stage, but that connecting with someone, yeah. being in an event, that whatever that is. But for some other people, that might be being in an artist studio creating, or that might be being at their, it's whatever it is. It doesn't have to be what we're doing. Exactly. It's whatever where you feel you don't check your watch, you don't check your phone, you wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the whole entire world. Mm-hmm. And you're actually, it's the calmest, you might be really lit up and on fire and engaged and energized, but it's the calmest you are because you are in that place in that moment. That's how I feel when I'm in this room. Yeah. Like I feel whenever I enter this space, because I think I love podcasting so much and it was an untapped part of my career that I never expected to actually do. Um, But I just feel so joyful in here. Yeah. And I feel like I get to sit down and connect with people without distractions. Mm-hmm. We're not looking at our phones. We're not worrying about what's happening outside or what's going to happen next. It's just engaging in conversation, which we rarely do nowadays. Yeah. Um, and it really, I think, has also taught me in normal circumstances of conversations to not be actively also scrolling on my phone. And we, the thing is, we do it the worst or we do it the most with the people that we're comfortable with. Totally agree. Like I would never, ever be on a phone, be have my phone in my hand if I'm talking to, I don't know, someone I'm working for or yes. in some kind of professional situation. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm talking to my husband, my phone is in my hand. Yeah. And we do it to the people that we love the most and it's so skewed. I agree. And when you think about, like I was just with my family for the weekend and, you know, we're all having a conversation and then the conversation kind of dies and then you look around and we're all on our phone. And I hate to be the one that's like, Ah, we're all on our phone, like yelling because I'm doing it too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are doing stuff important or whatever, but there's way too much time spent looking in two different areas of our life when we're right. with the most important people because you're trying to have a conversation with someone, but you're scrolling your phone and then you're not present for either one. Yeah. So that I feel in here, but also that lit up and engaged and focused. I think right now there's this big movement against the corporate industry and, you know, everyone feels like they need to get out of the corporate world and follow their Mm. passion. People can be 
in a co- corporate world and feel those things. Like, yeah. not everyone needs to be their own boss. It takes a very specific person. It is to not be in the corporate so world. So hard. So hard. It's so hard. <laughs> yes. And why not find a job you love and a job that you can thrive in? And guess what? You get health insurance and a four hundred one k, and it's stable. Paid time off. Paid time off. Maternity leave. All of the things. Yeah. But just find that thing where you can still light up mm-hmm. if data entry is a thing that lights you up don't start looking externally for oh it doesn't light up so and so on instagram yeah. so i shouldn't do it be where you're at with your passion and what you love and get all the benefits of being in the corporate world as well totally so can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today yeah um long story reasonably short I'm (laughs) I'm an ex-professional dancer turned fitness instructor turned holistic nutritionist I have struggled with well I did struggle with gut health my whole Mm -hmm. life to the point when I was 30 I was hospitalized and put on a morphine drip because my digestive system just said nope we've had enough um pretty much the same with conventional medicine in the UK as in the US I got Mm -hmm. diagnosed and I use that term in inverted commas with IBS which as we know is not a term that's a collection of symptoms I also love that you called it inverted commas because I think that's a British thing right yeah (laughs) I can do the air quotes no no one can really Um, And as the universe loves to conspire in these things, at the same time I was struggling with all of that, I started working under someone and with someone who was a holistic nutritionist and biosignature modulation practitioner. So whilst I was also mentoring under them, they also took me under their wing as a client. And I think we just did some really simple things. I think I cut out gluten and I took a probiotic and took some L-glutamine and I was like, oh, Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was I was young. I was in my really early thirties. I was in the health and fitness industry. Um, we were in the middle of opening the first bar studio in London, and so I should have been fit and healthy, but I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And just working with with her, and I still to this day, she, I still meet her every time we're in London, and she's still a, a dear dear friend to me and a, and a huge mentor. But working with her made me realize how good I could feel. Yes, and I think that's a lot of it. Is you're so used to feeling a certain way because mm-hmm. I struggled with, and I still am struggling with a lot of gut health issues, but it's so normal, yeah. quote unquote, for you now to be bloated every day mm-hmm. or constipated or, you know, that those are mine, but like having yeah. diarrhea or whatever, that's just your norm. Right. And then when you get that glimmer of hope of feeling a certain way, mm-hmm. you're like, what the fuck? This is how I'm supposed yeah. to feel? Like I didn't why know didn't, how everyone yeah. else feels. Why didn't someone tell me? Yeah. But it's also, I think, and the number of young women in their 20s and 30s I see with gut health issues, but it's also, you know, if we have gut health issues, we've probably got hormonal imbalances. If we've got yep. hormonal imbalances, we've probably got anxiety issues. So it's not just... You just checked a, off my three main there things. There we go, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> um, it's not just the gut health issues, it's everything that is kind of this this holistic word, that's mm-hmm. really what it means. Um so I just, I was like, wow, this is how amazing I can feel. And it was really at the time, you know, I was in my late 20s, early 30s, and I wasn't making the best choices because I didn't feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Everything from career through to relationships to all of the things, you know, how I felt about my body and my health and also the effect it had on my mental health made me didn't make the great, the best choices. So 
I was just like, wow, if this is how I can feel, I want everyone else to feel this way. Yep. So that's when I started retraining and I became a biosignature modulation practitioner, which means I work, um, I look at blood work and I look at a lot more at hormonal imbalance and stress and sleep, adrenal fatigue, mm-hmm. all of those things. And then um, again, retrained as a holistic nutritionist and back at school again doing and right now an advanced degree in clinical nutrition. So I'm always going to be doing You're this. Always I'm always learning. Um, so that's how I ended up here and how I ended up here in New York. I'm very lucky I partner with an incredible doctor on the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. And so we run a wellness program there and we do everything from looking at blood work to food sensitivities to um, toxic levels in the body and the whole thing. So I'm in New York once or twice a month as well. Okay. So I have so many questions. <laughs> well, I feel like this is going to turn into everyone listening to my visit with you because I have so many personal questions that I want to ask about my own body. Um, But a comment you made that I just want to touch on briefly of how your physical health was really affecting your mental Mm -hmm. health and the decisions you were making. It's interesting you bring that up because I have struggled with digestive health issues for, I guess, six years now. And I recently was just diagnosed with SIBO for the third time. So I was coming off of a very severe week of so much bloat, Mm. so much just discomfort. And I just spoke about this in a therapy session because it kind of all made sense to me all of a sudden. I went in one week and I was like, I'm having really bad body image issues. I just feel so out of my own body. I was really emotional about a certain situation with friends that had Mm -hmm. nothing to do with that situation. It was so much more deep-rooted in my own self. Yeah. But I had like an emotional breakdown to my husband and was like, I feel like I'm not myself anymore. I feel like I don't fit in and all of these things. And I started a SIBO treatment. And so the next week, I I don't feel great, but I felt a little better. Mm -hmm. And the severe bloat had disseminated, whatever, disappeared. Um, (laughs) And in that next therapy session, I was like, you know, it's really interesting because I feel great in my body right now. Yeah. Like, I don't feel these body image issues of when I look in the mirror, like, what? When did this happen? It's also correlated with how I'm feeling when I actually Mm -hmm. physically, there is something wrong. That's kind of where my mind goes, if that makes sense. But there's so many, there's so many elements to that. So it's one, it's that physical change in your body. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to have a real knock-on effect on how you feel as well. But it's also along with that physical change in our body, externally, we know that there's a huge change internally as well. Mm -hmm. So within our enteric nervous system, there's as many nerves in our gut as there is in our brain. Crazy. So if our gut is off, we're not going to be feeling great about ourselves. Everything you said, you didn't feel like you were in your body. That's because that nervous system in your gut is just gone haywire. Mm -hmm. And you're not feeling there and present in your body. And then the other thing, as we know, is that 80% of our neurotransmitters, our feel-good hormones, are in the gut. So if you've got the bloating, we know that there's some issues going on internally and they're going to really, really affect not how you just feel about the outside, but how you feel kind of throughout everything as well. Mm -hmm. And my gut health issues have now also led to hormonal Mm -hmm. issues. I've spoken about this on my stories, but I was on birth control from the ages of 15 to 21, the pill, Mm -hmm. and then from 21 to 27, an IUD. And so the whole time I had the IUD, I didn't get my period. And I just had it removed and it took nine months to bleed. And then it disappeared again. So now I'm like, 
trying to focus on that and figure out how to, and you know, anxiety has been a huge yeah. piece of my journey that I now share very openly because I feel like it's something that more people need to discuss. Um, but it's so interesting how all three are so connected. They're so connected. And how so much of my audience is struggling with the same thing. It's every client I work with, all my female clients from the ages of about 21 through to their mid-30s, it's those big three because they are all connected. Yeah. But we all live our lives in this feeling of, you know, our periods might be slightly wonky, so we get put on the contraceptive pill. Mm -hmm. And then contraceptive pill and plus antibiotics, plus stress, plus processed foods, plus all of the things is going to give us gut health issues. Mm -hmm. Now, those two things, those hormonal imbalance and those gut health issues, they're going to be interlinked. And then because of those, then we're going to be having the anxiety and the depression as well. Yeah. And it's those, the big three. I mean, the 21 to 34 is my massive age demographic yeah. of my community. I can see that on like IG business analytics, <laughs> but it scares me how many people are struggling with this. And I'm always wondering like, is there science or data or any reasoning behind why it's such a big issue with females in this age? I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle that we can put together. Mm -hmm. So if we look at, you know, the 90s and the noughties, those, those were the terms of, they was, those were processed foods. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean, I'm so glad I grew up in the UK. My diet wasn't great whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I was but a was very unhealthy ours. vegetarian. But when I chat with my husband about what he would eat, and, you know, it's not our parents' fault yeah. by any no, means. No, it was what these was normal. Were, it was what was normal and not even just normal, but these things were touted as like amazing things that you can throw in the microwave and yeah, get your TV kids. Dinners. And, exactly. Oh my God. Dunker and then like Dunkaroos. Right? Fruit roll-ups. Chef everything. Boyardee is the one that my husband's yeah. always talking about. Um, yep. He'll laugh when he hears this. But... I think it's that we were brought up on that processed food. We were all given the pill at such a young such age. A young, 15, like it's, I'm a baby. Mm, yeah, I was 14. Yeah. And it takes a long, it takes time for your hormones to settle down. So when you start your periods, yeah, they're not going to be great. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is that your PCP just puts you on the pill straight away to try and regulate that. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's prescription medication and processed foods and stress and all of the things in terms of the gut health. Mm -hmm. Now, the contraceptive pill and, the, and really destroys the gut. Any kind of medication destroys the gut. Yeah. And I then, was also on antibiotics my right, entire childhood. Me too. And so the antibiotics, yeah. so you're literally throwing an antibiotic for anything. I had <laughs> I coughed. Right. And it was like, here's the CPAC. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I remember I would have ear infections and throat infections as a kid, and it was just something that, that ran in the family. But our antibiotic was this like banana flavored liquid. Mm -hmm. So of course I wanted to take my antibiotics because yeah, it was like yeah, candy. Of so it's those three things. And then it is this ridiculous amount of stress that we are mm -hmm. under and that we put ourselves under and that society puts us under. And I feel like everyone is waving that flag about stress and anxiety and being present and all of those things. But we really have to see it when you understand what it does on a physiological level to the body, mm -hmm. that because we all know, we all know we should put our phones away. We all know we should get more sleep. We all know that we should meditate. But I think it's just like something that we all think, oh, we should be eating our vegetables. Yeah. That stress is going to have so much more of an effect. I'm not saying not eat your vegetables, but that stress is going to have so much more of a derogatory effect on your body than mm -hmm. not eating your vegetables is going to be. So once you really understand the science and what it does to your body, then we might start making strides into putting our phone away and spending more time in rest and digest mode. 
I notice personally when I'm the least stressed and the most relaxed and the most, you know, taking my time for myself and not starting work at 530 in the morning and ending at 10. Like, for instance, I suffered from a bad concussion and I was on a two-month disability period from work. And during that time, I couldn't be on technology. And it's so interesting because while that was like two incredibly, you would think, stressful months of my life because I was so up in the air of what was happening with my health and I had these chronic headaches and whatever, that was like almost the best my digestive health has ever Mm -hmm. been. And I weirdly, other than my actual brain, felt the best in my own body, even though I wasn't exercising, I wasn't doing anything, but I was calm. Like I was meditating. I was journaling. That was all I could do. So I don't think that's a realistic life. But, but you it, notice it really, a difference. It totally put things in perspective for right. me. We just have so many stresses coming at us all of the time and our body just reacts in a way of it's fight or flight mode. Yep. So, you know, even coming over here, we were in an Uber and it was stressful and I couldn't find my phone and mm-hmm. all of the things. My body thinks it's under physical attack and it's about to kind of have to fight for its life. Yeah. And we are in this constant state of kind of elevated chronic cortisol 99% of the time. Yes. And I think it's especially hard in New York City because part of me, I have a very big love-hate relationship mm-hmm. with this place. I was born here and then when I was three, I moved up with my family to New Jersey and I grew up there and I've been here for the past six years after college or I guess almost seven years. But part of me loves it here yeah. and it's like this is where my business will thrive. This is I have to attribute a lot of my success to being in New York. Like there's no doubt that brands – specifically want to work with me because my demographic here. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that I have access to people such as yourself to have get on guests as guests on a podcast. However, the uh, the stress of the city is you can't deny it. No. And it's also part of me thinks like, yeah, of course I'm in fight or flight mode because sometimes like you actually have to You be. have to be. Like, cars are whizzing all over the place. Uh Bikes are almost running you over. There are people on the streets that, you know, you can't always trust. (laughs) Like, I'm in fight or flight mode because I actually am making sure I survive. Right. And so that's the hard thing for me to step away from because I'm like, I know I shouldn't be in fight or flight mode, quote unquote, shouldn't be. But you also have to weirdly be in New York. Right. And you, but it's it's about controlling the controllables, and you're absolutely right about New York. It is just this; it just up levels everything. Because everyone yeah. says to me, "Well, you're from London, isn't London the same?" And I'm like, "No, no. It's Boston is like I have to slow myself down when I go back to Boston. Mm-hmm. Fine, and then I kind of ramp myself up when I go to London, and then I ramp myself up even more when yeah. I come to New York. And I love it. I love the buzz. I love the energy of the city. I love the opportunities that are here. Mm-hmm. But three days, and I'm done. I know. Try, trust me. I'm like, every day, I'm like, Joe, should we move here? Should we move there? Should we move whatever? And he's like, you're crazy. Right. But honestly, it's a lot. It's so much. It's so much. So what do you think the starting point would be? Because I really want to help the people who are listening mm, yeah. who don't have access to ask you all these questions. Yeah. If someone is struggling like myself with mm-hmm. these gut health, hormonal, and anxiety. Yep. Where's the first place to start? Because I think that's what's the most overwhelming. Um, So see your doctor and know your numbers. So 
I have the word holistic in my job title, Mm -hmm. but I love numbers and data. So you, I would say even before go and see your doctor, make sure you have a doctor that you're comfortable with and you feel as an advocate for your health. Which is huge because I've had many that I do Mm -hmm. not feel that way. And it's... And I've left hysterically crying. It's so hard. So hard. Like trying to navigate... Even trying to navigate the insurance system here, like forget about it. It's a nightmare. So to the best of your ability, find a doctor that you like, or at least even that you can work with, Mm -hmm. and that will give you the testing. That's, we're looking for a new doctor at the moment. I had a great one and she moved. Um, And I'm like, all I want to know from a doctor right now is, will they requisition blood tests for me? Okay. So I have my numbers. So number one, find a doctor that will at least do that. Yeah. Um, number two, know your numbers. So get an annual physical at least once a year. I like okay. to see them every six months because our blood changes so quickly. Mm-hmm. With that annual physical, you want all of your basic panels. But really for women, we should be looking at an endocrine panel, which is all of our hormones, okay. and a thyroid panel. Okay. So we don't just want to know TSH. That's one number. We want a full thyroid panel. Okay, I need to do that. You need to do that. You need to. We need to talk. Yeah, no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll client. do an after show. Yeah. Um, so really, what we want to see is everything from fasting blood glucose, which is always on basic panels, or that's something that you I can take at that. home. Good, mm-hmm. and you can also measure yours at home. It's one okay. of the most important metabolic markers for health, and you can just go to a CVS or a Walgreens, and for like forty dollars, you can get. It's the same thing that type one diabetics use to measure okay. their insulin levels. Exactly the same thing. You can take that every morning and make sure that your fasting blood glucose is I love to see it between 70 and 90 most doctors will say 90 to 100 that's Mm -hmm. actually almost pre-diabetic so that's something really easy that you can track at home okay talking about tracking at home we have so much access to things that we can track so use one of the period trackers I love clue but they're all pretty much the same Um, track your fasting blood glucose track your periods so you can go to your doctor kind of feeling like Like you have some information. Like you have some information and having some information, they're more likely to requisition the test for you. True. So, you know, if you can say, look, my periods haven't been regular for the last six months rather than coming into them and saying like, oh, I think my periods are off, but I don't know. Having that hard data Mm -hmm. is like one less barrier to getting your blood work done. Yeah. So find a PCP that you like, test yourself at home, record things, see your PCP, get your lab work done. Mm Mm-hmm. And then really it's looking at these things within what I call thriving ranges rather than surviving ranges. Yes. So when we look at our blood work and we see that everything is in those normal ranges, those normal ranges are just taken from a cross section of the population in America. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll be absolutely real. I don't want to be the average of the American population. I agree. And what is average for someone shouldn't be average for the next person. Mm -hmm. So I want to be, I always say thriving, not surviving. So if you are looking at that and your blood work comes back within those normative ranges and your PCP says, oh, you're fine, or Mm -hmm. here's the contraceptive pill, here's an antidepressant, all of the things that they hand out just like candy, then it's time really to think about working with a functional medicine doctor Mm -hmm. or coming to see, um, so I work at Rusak Dermatology and we do a comprehensive wellness program there. So really finding someone who's going to put all of those pieces of the puzzle together and look at things within those thriving ranges, not just those surviving ranges right because that's the big difference for me I see a functional medicine Mm -hmm. practitioner um but when 
I was seeing my general physician who, listen, he is a well-renowned doctor in like the New York Presbyterian Wild Cornell system. I have so much respect for him and he is the person I need to have my back when I got in an accident Mm -hmm. and needed to see a top neurologist. So I'm fortunate that I have him in my back pocket to call and be like, I need a neurologist. And this is very much like his type of medicine field. But when I go and see him and I'm like, I've had digestive health issues for five years. My, I didn't know I had hormonal issues because I was still on the Mirena IUD, but all this stuff. And he's like, well, what are your symptoms? I'm like, I'm so bloated. My stomach hurts all the time. Like I feel constipated 24 seven, all these things. He's like, well, we did a panel and everything looks normal. So Mm -hmm. he did like the general top level panel. Are you alive? So you also have to realize that like you, and I believe in marrying the two worlds of medicine. You need certain doctors for certain Mm -hmm. things. So I came to the realization, like he's not going to be the one that's figuring out what the fuck's going on in my stomach. And so that's when I saw a functional medicine practitioner and, that's when we did more extensive testing and we found out we dove into heavy metals and mm-hmm. there was mer- insanely high levels of mercury in my blood. Like, And it's crazy to me because even with this, so most people listening to us know this, but I found out I had mercury poisoning. I did, first it was a blood test and my heavy, heavy metal showed up high. Yeah. So then we did a more extensive urine panel mm-hmm. with like... Um, I can't remember the word, but DMSA, uh, uh, like the extracting agent, I guess. Yeah. And so. Wow, your levels must have been high. It was 114, and they're supposed to be less than four. Wow. Or 111. It was really high. That's really high. So I had this concrete evidence from my functional medicine practitioner. Yeah. And I emailed my doctor to be like, listen, just so you're kept in the loop, mm-hmm. like, this is what we found. <laughs> yeah. And his response was like, okay. You know, like mercury poisoning isn't really something that is like of worry and doesn't happen in the States. So like I wouldn't worry too much. I'm like, what the it it just proves my point of like you need different people for different reasons. One hundred percent. You know, I I and I again I'm so not anti-conventional medicine. There is a time and a place where it has saved my life. It's that's who I want to see if I'm having a heart attack. Exactly. But you have to, unfortunately, our healthcare system is not set up to be our best advocates on anything mm-hmm. else that's not kind of life or death. Or, I, I don't know, you have an infected cut or something like that. Yeah, yeah that's when you see your doctor. Mm-hmm. That's when they're... Surgery, also, like... Exactly, fine. done. And also, it's not their fault. They don't have the time and the resources. And they also weren't trained in that manner. Exactly. Like, people are trained in different things. He is trained when... God forbid if I had cancer mm-hmm. to know like that treatment yep. and a surgical procedure like that's what they're trained exactly. in exactly and so it's figuring out finding someone who's trained in what you need yeah and it's you know what it's an expense let's be absolutely it's real so fucking expensive <laughs> I mean I say this all the time I'm so grateful for my parents because yeah. they have helped me so much with the cost yeah. of I mean this has been a, a three year. Mm-hmm experience for me of trying to get to the bottom of things and I call my mom all the time hysterically crying about things but I also call her all the time being like I'm so fortunate and so grateful for you not only believing in me pursuing all these Mm -hmm. different types of medical things but for supporting me financially yeah because it's it's really expensive it's it's really expensive but it is such an investment and right now there is 
you know, places like where I'm at, a resect dermatology, places like Parsley Health, mm -hmm. like they are going to be, the, thank God, they're going to be the future of healthcare. I agree. But it's going to take a long time for it to be accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's a yes, it can be a really big investment. It's the best investment you'll ever make. And if mm -hmm. you can get hold of your health, I say this to my women all the time, if you can get your hormones balanced and you can get everything figured out in your 20s and 30s, you're going to fly through the rest of the time. Whether you want to have yeah. kids or not, anything like that. Really from, we start something called pre-menopause at the age of 35. So not wow. perimenopause, pre-menopause. Now that's the age that some women are thinking about. A lot of women are thinking about getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I say to my, I had a, an amazing new client this morning. She was 24 and I'm just like I'm so glad I've got you at 24 because we are gonna make the rest of your decade so much easier yeah and that's something that I'm way more focused now on my hormones because I'm 28 yeah I'm 28 <laughs> and you know I got married a year ago I'm not trying to get pregnant mm -hmm. right now but I know it's in the foreseeable near future yeah. and I've just heard so many stories of people being like yeah, I'll go off the pill when I'm ready to get pregnant. And I mean, already for me, it's been a year. Yeah. So I think it's really important to think a few steps ahead of all of this. Yeah. And trying to figure that out at an earlier time rather than later. And it's not even, you know, as women, we see our periods as something that are bad and an inconvenience. It's all I want right now. Like I know, right. It's until crazy. you lose them. I mean, when I was in my, I was on the pill all the way through my twenties, yeah. and you were just—if you were going on vacation, you just keep taking the pill so you wouldn't yep, have a period. I skipped so many. Oh my god, I don't even want to think about it. But having our periods is such a good indicator of our health, mm -hmm. whether we want to have kids or not. Because when we have our periods, we know that our body is in a place where it's like, yep, I'm healthy enough and safe enough to reproduce. I'm working. I'm working. And, you know, we need to, our, if we have periods, it's a sign that our hormones are in balance or mostly in balance. Mm -hmm. Now, those are going to be such important things for things like bone density, prevention of osteoporosis, for our mental health, for cancer prevention. It's not just whether you want to get pregnant or not. Yep. It's we need that hormonal balance to, to thrive and not get chronic diseases. And having regular periods is such a huge indicator of that. I totally agree. And I think it's so funny how your whole childhood, it's like, you try to avoid getting your period and you're so concerned that you're going to get pregnant the second you oh have my sex. God. Yeah. And now it's like, all I want yeah. is my period and yeah. you realize how hard it is to get yeah. pregnant. Um, so other than the three steps that you recommended, mm -hmm. yeah. what about diet wise? Are there things that, and I know I am actively saying that there's no one size fits mm -hmm. all for diet yeah. and there's no blanket statement that we can make, but what have you found helps specifically with these issues that females yeah. are facing. And I think you're absolutely right that there's not one size fits all, but there are definitely some things that are going to do all of us some yes. good. Um, minimizing processed foods. It sounds so simple, mm -hmm. but that's going to cut out 99% of the junk. Yep. Making sure that you're having, um, I ask my clients to do seven to nine servings of uh, veggies and low sugar fruits a day. Okay. And what do you qualify as a serving? Like a handful. Okay, I'm thinking back on my. I'm like, right. am I what getting all this? <laughs> um, balancing out your blood sugar is, as I say, one of the most important markers of metabolic health. Mm -hmm. So having 
low stable fasting blood glucose every morning so making sure you're having your proteins your fiber and your fats at every meal having your clean carbohydrates if you are what we call insulin sensitive Mm -hmm. so insulin sensitivity is the opposite of insulin resistance insulin Mm -hmm. resistance we know is the precursor to type 2 diabetes coronary heart disease what we're now starting to call in the functional health world uh, type 3 diabetes Mm -hmm. which we know as Alzheimer's so getting that fasting blood glucose or getting your blood sugar balanced and not having these crazy swings that's one of the best things that we can do for our health yeah what that also is going to do it's going to keep our insulin level stable but when we swing back and forth we also shoot up our cortisol levels which is our stress hormone Mm -hmm. so keeping everything nice and balanced being able to go three to four hours between meals trying to have at least 10 to 12 hours overnight so that's not intermittent fast fasting mm-hmm. it's not i mean we call it time restricted eating it's more like eating like a human being with and balanced it's just blood sugar. sleeping and sleeping exactly like when uh, when someone asks me if i intermittent fast i'm like well i mean i just eat normal meals and, and then, then I yeah sleep. i guess it kind of is like yeah. if i'm finishing dinner by seven and i'm eating breakfast at like nine yeah, yeah that's 14 hours like when, i'm not doing the full 16 eight but i'm just Right. And you don't Sleeping. need that 16-8 to get some of those benefits. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the benefits of what we call intermittent fasting, balanced blood glucose, um, mm-hmm. autophagy, so cellular cleanup, gastric clearance, gut health, all of those things. Just finish your dinner at seven o'clock and eat breakfast at seven o'clock the next morning. Yeah. You're going to get those same things. Um, I would say for most people, not doing anything crazy. Like intermittent fasting, for, I was talking to one of my clients about this this morning. Do those when you're really healthy. Yes. Because they're a stress on your body. I agree. So they can be a good stress on your body, but you need your blood sugar balance first. You need great thyroid function. You need all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the things that I would really say about diet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we had an event last night, making sure that you're sleeping. Yeah. That's one thing I'm good at. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I go to bed at a good hour. I'm usually in bed on weeknights around 10. Um, weekends obviously depend, but I'm not doing like the 4am nights anymore, which is amazing, but I'm an early morning person, but I also am coming to the acceptance that like, that's cause I set an alarm. Mm-hmm. So I've been told I have adrenal fatigue and I need to focus on that. And a lot of that is like sleep and less high intensity workouts. And so, yes. you know, maybe letting go of my early morning alarm. I don't know, but I want to dive into all of that, yeah. but I first want to go back to what you were saying um, about breakfast because uh-huh. this is something specific meal I'm struggling with. A okay, bit. what would be your like ideally recommended one or two breakfast options for people? Yeah, so I mean, I you know I've been chatting about the breakfast smoothie for for years, mm-hmm. like way before Kelly Levesque came on the scene. <laughs> yeah. She wrote the book that I wish I'd written. Um, you know, a smoothie is my my number one go-to because okay. there's no excuse not to make one. Mm-hmm. You can make it in advance and you can really make that a real powerhouse of everything yeah. that you want to get in. Also, it's super easy to digest. You know, one mm-hmm. of the issues, a huge issue with gut health is that we don't make time to chew our food. Yeah. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's something I hear from my clients all of the it's time. It's so true. I don't make time to chew. I watch um, my husband shovel, shovel a hoagie. Like he'll take four bites 
or yeah. sub, whatever you want to call it. He'll take four bites before he starts chewing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, slow, slow and it's, down. You know, there are certain enzymes in our saliva. So digestion yep. is a lot of chemical and mechanical. There's certain enzymes in our saliva that you do not get anywhere else in the body. Mm-hmm. So if you miss that chance to chew your food, you're going to miss out on a big part of that digestive process. Mm-hmm. Um so smoothie, I love to do, um, for me, I love to do a collagen powder. Mm-hmm. If I'm not doing it, if it's my plant-based clients, then they do the new chapter, their new plant protein plus, which is a mung bean, okay. um, which is so easy to digest. I'll put That's, that in the show notes. It's always, yeah, yeah, it's a new one. They've just come out with it. It's a mung bean protein with a specific enzyme in there. Because okay. I've always been, I've never been able to find a plant-based protein that I love. I agree. Um, they just make you gassy and bloated and all of the things. Um, So this is a mung bean protein with a specific digestive enzyme. Okay. Um, So that for my plant-based clients. Um, Collagen, I love to do a collagen. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do... We'll throw our handfuls of veggies in there. So like a handful yep. of spinach, half a zucchini, cauliflower rice, almond butter or avocado, some like a quarter of a cup of berries. Mm-hmm. And then I can get all my powders in. So I do like my fermented maca powder. Mm-hmm. I'll do my um, powdered corella because I also have high mercury. Yeah, as high as you, but my levels are up yeah. there. Um, flaxseed. And then it's like, I have just got so much goodness in one smoothie. So much. Seriously, if you bought that in New York, that would be about $30. Oh, but I, I can know. do it in my house. I made one this morning. And people, it's actually interesting we're talking about this because yesterday I said on my stories, like, I'm going away. I'm trying to clean out everything in my fridge. It's rainy. I just got home. I don't want to go grocery shopping, but mm-hmm. I need to meal prep a little bit because I have a busy week. So I made a few smoothies. And I got so many DMs of people being like, you prep your smoothies? Like, what do you mean? What does this taste like? I'm like, what? Of course. Yes. Like it's not that big of a deal. It yeah. separates a little bit, but then you just shake it. So what I do is we have a bunch of um we have a bunch of Nutribullet cups. I just do mine in my Nutribullet. Yeah. And then I just put the ingredients in there and I don't blend it. Oh, easy. That's easy. even better. Um, just because sometimes the veggies go a bit kind of funky. Yeah. But in terms of all the powders and things that I put in there, yeah, I'll make them for a week because I do one for me and my husband and they're mm-hmm. kind of you know, he'll have certain things for his issues and I have certain things for my issues. Yeah. Now, one, I love to make those smoothies and two, this is my job. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my job. My husband's in human performance. So we we love to do that stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be that complicated. You do a protein, you do some veggies, you do a fiber and you do some fat. Yeah. And it's easy. I also think people load up on bit, like fruits mm-hmm. and then they're like, well, I'm shaky and I'm starving and this didn't work. Right. I'm like, well, that's because you put a whole banana, two cups of blueberries and pineapple yeah. in it. And no protein and no fat. Yeah. And you do it with water or you'll do it with almond yeah. milk or something. And you're like, oh, I love it. It's delicious. But I don't, uh, but I'm hungry an hour later. Yeah. I'm big well, on avocado in my smoothies. Yes. Avocado and have you tried frozen avocado in your yeah. smoothies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes it. Yeah. Changes everything. That's the game changer. Um, Okay, so now what I wanted to say, but I couldn't <laughs> let that practice thing go by. Um, can you talk a little bit about adrenal fatigue? Yeah. And this is me being selfish because yeah. I just want to know more. Yeah. So <laughs> it's we, we have this term adrenal fatigue or adrenal burnout, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of kind of pushback of, to not using that term because okay. it's not 100% scientifically accurate yeah but it's a really great way of describing things mm-hmm. so the slightly more accurate term is hpa axis dysfunction okay but what did this actually means is that we have so many feedback loops within our body so when we're looking at something like we call it adrenal fatigue or quarter um 
dysregulated cortisol, mm. burnout, whichever term we want to use that. What's happened is that your body has been making cortisol. Your adrenal glands have been pumping, pumping, pumping out cortisol mm-hmm. all of the time. It's a stress response. Now, we're not saying cortisol is bad. We're just saying when it's secreted at the wrong times, it's bad. Okay. And when it's secreted too much, it's bad. Mm-hmm. So what that does is that pumps and pumps into your body. It has all of those catabolic processes. So cortisol is catabolic to the body. It breaks things down. Muscle, skin, gut, all of those things. One of the reasons why we get stressed is because mm-hmm. we're pumping out so much. Um, one of the reasons why we have bad gut health when we're stressed. One of the re- endurance athletes have the worst gut health because they have so much cortisol. I'm sure. So what happens is that your body can either not cope with the amount of cortisol mm-hmm. or your cells get full or the receptors on your cell this is kind of where the burnout part comes the receptors on your cell surface that sense that cortisol become desensitized okay in the same way that if you have too much insulin running around in your body you get insulin resistance Got so it. you always have cortisol resistance okay. now all of these things are somewhere on a spectrum and they look very very different for different people But what it can mean is that you're either having dysregulated cortisol, so you're pumping out cortisol at the wrong times. Mm -hmm. You know, it should be high in the morning, low in the evenings. You are producing just too much cortisol and your cortisol is high all of the time. Mm -hmm. Or you get to a point where your body just cannot produce enough cortisol or your cellular receptors have become desensitized or both. Okay. So a lot of people, you start with that kind of dysregulated cortisol, then it's high cortisol, then everything drops off. Mm-hmm. Because if your cells can't sense that cortisol, they're not going to respond to them. Your body's not going to pump out any more cortisol because it's already in the bloodstream. Okay. So that's when you kind of go through this tired and wired phase when you're just pumping out cortisol all the time or it's dysregulated. And then you go through that exhausted burnt out phase. And that's at the bottom of that. So it's slightly different for everyone. And what do you recommend for people who are going through this? Like what steps to take? So I would love to say go on vacation for three months. You just, (laughs) right. You have to make it real for you Mm -hmm. in the real world. And so many of my clients are these amazing, hard charging women. And I don't like to use the word type A because that comes with negative uh, Mm -hmm. connotations. I love to use the word hard charging. And for me, if I was to take their workouts away from them or they get a real buzz from their jobs, if I try and take those things away from them, it actually stresses them out even more. Mm-hmm. So it's really controlling the controllables and managing what we can manage. So let's take working out, for example. If you're doing six soul cycle classes a week, yeah. that's going to be way too much. Yeah. Keep your three soul cycle, you know, let's say they're doing five soul cycles and two berries. Mm-hmm. So Keep two of your soul cycles and one of your berries and do a yoga class and a Pilates class on the other day. So mm-hmm. control that controllable. If you can't meditate, do something that feels like relaxation for you, which might be like getting a facial or getting your nails done or meeting a friend for coffee. Mm-hmm. If you can't get, and we should all be getting seven to nine hours of sleep a night, if that feels impossible, make sure the sleep that you're getting is quality. So really, really drilling down on the quality of that sleep. So really just taking what you can in this crazy busy world and controlling it with what feels right for you. Yeah. And then thinking about, you know, one of the reasons, another reason why we get so burnt out and why our adrenals struggle so much is stress in foods. So the, A, the quality of our foods. If mm. we put in a ton of processed foods, it's another stressor in our body. So what are the stresses that we can get a handle on? 
processed food is one of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe getting your yeah, food intolerance testing because when our body has foods that it's intolerant or allergic to, that's another stressor on the body. Again, it goes into fight or flight mode. So you might not be able to control your crazy boss or the fact that you have three kids or that your commute is two hours long. But what can you control within that? That's your food. That's your workouts. That's your sleep. Mm-hmm. Because that's something I'm assessing right now of I'm doing, I'm just embarking on this NRT testing Mm -hmm. um, and my adrenals are like the number one organ that we need to focus on. And so, I mean, actually this will release in November. So in the month of November, I'm telling myself that this is my focus. And for me, it's similar to what you said, like someone taking away my workouts for me, that's my release. Mm -hmm. I've grown up playing sports I consider myself an athlete like yeah I get high I mean obviously everyone there's a release of endorphins but for me that's my happy time I never stress about I'm never working out to combat some like what I eat it's like this is what makes me fucking happy and you can't be on your phone at the same time yeah exactly (laughs) so it's finding but the woman I'm seeing the doctor is like you're putting so much stress on your body with the workouts you're doing yeah um even though you love them we need to pull back on them. Yeah. And it's almost like f- for people out there who might be, I call myself a recovering type A person, like I'm trying to be less structured mm-hmm. and more go with the flow. But I think a lot of my audience feels the same way about a lot of things. And so for me, having almost a plan in place, yes. even though it's like you're taking away something I love, but I'm okay doing something if I'm given a little structure mm-hmm. around it. So I'm like, okay, the month of November for me is focusing on X. Yeah. So I'm hopefully getting a dog. Yay. So it's going to be a lot of like slow walks with a yeah. dog and, you know, doing a few restorative yoga or Pilates mm-hmm. classes. And so cutting, still having quote unquote structure, yeah, but just less intense. But I also think there's nothing wrong with structure and routines. And I, I agree. actually think that they they take out so much stress. Like if we mm-hmm. decision fatigue is real and we have so many things that we have to make decisions about all of the time. Constantly. I am good to automate and I think people think that if I say like, oh, I automate a lot of things, I have routines around a lot of things, that there's actually no joy in that. Mm-hmm. It frees me up for joy. Yep. It actually frees me up to have mental capacity to do things that are creative or to be able to give to someone else because, you know what, I'm not worrying about when and if I'm going to work out that day. I'm not worrying about what I'm going to have for breakfast. Mm. And those routines and that structure make things so... I'm not doing things I don't love. I'm just putting structure around the things that I do love. And I think there's a, a very fine line, which is something I've struggled with, of having structure that helps you and then holding on to structure so tight right. that you can't enjoy your life. Yeah. So it's finding a structure that incorporates things that you love mm-hmm. and sets you up for a great day and puts you on the right path, but then also accepting that sometimes a few things are going to have to move in different directions, and that's fine. You can have the best laid plans. And I told, told everyone at the event last night, I'll tell you guys as well. Um, so I was on the Acela on the way up here mm-hmm. and I went to the restroom and I came back and I sat on my seat and it was a sold out train. And I sat on the seat and I was like, oh, there's something wet underneath my butt. Like, have I spilt water? No, I'd split my pants across the whole, literally under the butt cheek. You know, oh in like God. the 80s yeah, and 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I'd split my like silk pants across the butt. And I was like, okay, it's okay. I've got a spare pair in my suitcase. 
But had I stood up and turned around, the person on the seat next to me would have got a full size view of my butt. Yeah. So, you know, when I come up and I do these trips to New York, everything is I'm packed in so tightly. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Sometimes your pants are going to split. And it was just actually quite funny in the end. Yep. So and it's just going with the flow. You do. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what it is. You do what you can knowing that the universe is going to come and knock you off your feet and split your pants. Mm-hmm. But you have that structure and that consistency so that when that 20% of the time things goes wrong, it's okay. You can handle it because you've done this structure yes. and consistency before. And it's also, you can't control what happens. You can only control how you react. No. Yeah. And that's something I learned with my accident of like, nope, I did all the right things. Yeah. I was crossing at this, like, the crossing, the street crossing, I had a walk yep. sign. Like, you know, I look both ways, all that. Mm-hmm. You can't control what the hell no. happens to you in this world, but you can control how you react to things. Yep. It's, um, I think it's Jack Canfield, who's like the godfather of self-help. And he says yeah. E plus R equals O. So mm-hmm. event plus your reaction to it equals the outcome. I'm going to steal that. And that actually makes you feel, you can <laughs> really steal that. Like that. <laughs> you can, but that makes you feel more in control. I agree. Like because all, you're still part of the equation. Yeah. Like there's, there's still some input of yours. There's so you can't control what happens, but you can ex- you can control how you react to that and what yep. comes out of it. There's still a factor that you're in charge of. Yeah, like I split my pants. It gave me a funny story to tell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what would you say your favorite thing about yourself is? Oh, oh my goodness me! Wow, now you put me on the spot. Um, what's my favorite? I have a lot of things about you just from oh. this one conversation. <laughs> um. I would probably say I like the fact that I'm resilient, mm-hmm. like resilience and tenacity. Um, I really like, um, I'm, I'm also loving getting older as well. That's like amazing. I'm 39, I just turned 39 and I've loved my 30s and I can't wait for my 40s. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel I have, like I've kind of got over that. And don't quote me on this because it still comes back, but I feel <laughs> like I've got over a lot of that self kind of self-doubt yep. that we all have and that we mm-hmm. always will have. Um, but my 30s, I feel like I've really been able to get a handle on it and I'm just like, bring on my 40s, bring it I can't on. wait. Yeah. That, my mom was the same way and yeah. I really admired it. And I feel like because of that mentality, she just keeps getting better with age. Yeah. Every woman and, you know, the women I, I work with and they're in their 50s and their 60s and they are just amazing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. I always felt when I was in my early 20s and we first moved to New York. And it was a lot of like pre-gaming in apartments, mm. going out at midnight, staying out in clubs until four. Yeah, I actively knew that wasn't what I wanted nope. to do, but I was still doing it because everyone else was doing yeah. it. And I think your 20s are a lot of doing things for the reason of everyone else doing mm-hmm. them. And I kind of think the late 20s, but mainly your 30s are yeah. more doing things because you want to yeah. do them. And I always said, like, I can't wait until my late twenties. Like, I'm so excited now that I'm in those mo- now that I'm in that age. Yeah, like, yeah. This rules. It just gets better. Like, and that's what I, I honestly, I'm excited to get older. People, for instance, I had my birthday party, and I was like, "Come celebrate my 20th birthday." And my friend, who's a little older than me, texted me and was like, "You're so funny how you still are putting your birth your year on every birthday thing." I'm oh, like, I put Why? my year I don't right. Care. I celebrate that yeah. number. I'm like, yeah. I love it. I can't wait to get older. <laughs> Um, bringing things back a little bit to food and just Mm -hmm. to wrap up, I do ask your three favorite ways to your heart through food. (laughs) So it can be very specific, it can be generic, but just what hits that emotion? Hmm. Uh, so I actually love my breakfast smoothie. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so I love coffee in my breakfast smoothie. Love that. That's like... Like, I go to bed excited for my coffee. Oh my God, I go to bed excited for my <laughs> coffee. I'm literally, I make the coffee and then because we have like a Mr. Coffee, which they don't have in the UK. What's that? Like a coffee machine that like oh, makes your like coffee. Oh, like a coffee machine. Yeah. A Mr. Co- Mr. Like, coffee. Mr. Coffee. Um, we didn't have those in the UK, so I was blown okay. away by that. And so like... I grind my beans and I get my coffee set up mm-hmm. and I smell it. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited to get up in the morning. Um, so coffee and my breakfast, it's my favorite meal of the day. I'm also excited for the day ahead. It's when mm-hmm. I do like my gratitude and goals journal. Um, so that's one thing. And then I love really good dark chocolate. Love. Uh, Have you had Montezuma's? No. Oh my goodness me. Get to Trader Joe's. Montezuma's, it's a British company, but they sell it in Trader Joe's. Really? It's 100% dark chocolate with dark chocolate nibs. Okay, I'm going to put that in the show notes as that well. That and Lily's is incredible. I've had Lily's. And then like... Have you had the Hugh Kitchen bars? Yes. I really like those we could, too. This could be a whole podcast yeah. of our favorite <laughs> chocolate bars. Um, and then I think if I was having my last meal would mm-hmm. be a really great grass-fed steak. Uh, sweet potato fries with primal kitchen ketchup because it's unsweetened. It's incredible. And then a really, really good glass of organic red wine. We have like very similar last meals (laughs) because those are like three of my favorite things. Right. And red wine was something I gave up for so long because after my concussion, it was a big trigger for migraines. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever tried dry farm wines. Yeah. And that for me has been a game changer. Just because it's, I, you know, my whole thing is like, I struggle so much with the research aspect. Mm -hmm. Like the the abundance of options overwhelms me. So walking into a wine store and being like, what's organic? What's not? What, you know, I like that they're doing all the work for me. It's similar to Folene. Yeah. I like walking in and being like, I can buy anything here and feel good about it. And we're both big fans of Beam CBD. Big. Yes, I was going to say that. That was a huge one was that, you know, for like the last 18 months since CBD came on the wellness scene, everyone has been asking me like, what CBD products do you recommend? And I'm like, right now I don't. And then I Mm -hmm. found out about Beam and started, you know, working with them and learning about them. So, you know, it is getting so much easier to be able to make those healthy choices because there are amazing companies such as Filene and Beam, New Chapter, that are doing that hard work for you. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, you've taken out all the hard work. Now I just have to decide. It's decision fatigue. Yes. Like, I can't decide between 10,000 things. Give me five and I'll choose. Yep. So. I love all of those things you mentioned because I eat all of them. They're Yay. all my favorite things. Um, thank you so much for this. This no, was I feel honestly, like we could have talked about hours. Oh, we're going to. Don't worry. This is not <laughs> like the, you're not escaping. This is not the end of our relationship because I have so many things yeah. that I need you to help me heal. But I really appreciate because you bring so much knowledge to the table. And as much as I like to talk about my experience, I don't have the education to give people the answers. And it's something I internally struggle with mm. and I think leads to a lot of my almost like um, – why can't I think of the term when you're, you feel like imposter syndrome. Yeah. It leads to a lot of that because I think by sharing my story, people for some now just feel like, oh, she must know this. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the education on that. I was an econ major. I worked in sales and trading for six years. Like this is not my bread and butter. But I'll be real. Even like I, I'm, I'm very about there's no one size fits all, mm-hmm. don't do these fad diets, all of these things. But even I'll get swayed if I keep seeing something on Instagram or I keep seeing that yes. like, I don't know, let's say Halle Berry has gone on the keto diet. Now mm-hmm. I've tried the keto diet a number of times. It's a tool in my toolbox. It doesn't work for my body. Yeah. But even me knowing, having my education, knowing what works for my body. Like, but she does But it. she doesn't and she looks great. So let me try it. Yeah. And then I try it and I'm like, 
Nope, I remember. Yeah, you know, that's for someone like me working in this industry. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I really feel for everybody else. Yeah, but I appreciate that you have done the hard work and you have the knowledge and that you shared it with us all. And I hope for everyone listening that this is helpful because I know these are three things that a lot of my listeners struggle with. So all of your information will be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I'll put in, you know, your Instagram, your website, where your services Mm -hmm. are available. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.